All right. Hey, guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In podcast, episode number 245. I'm your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. In this episode, we are talking about the Hulu original movie, Prey, which isn't tremendously original in some respects and others it's very much so uh before we get into that though i want to ask you to please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen be that on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever uh please try and leave a rating or even a review we'd really appreciate that uh you can find us on twitter and instagram at three drinks in pod you can like us on facebook and you can email us at three drinks in podcast at gmail.com uh, last of all, don't forget to check out our merchandise store over at tpublic.com. All right. All right. So we did we did Predator as like a better late than never episode relatively recently. And recently. <laughs> well, it came out in like 1987, so like... Well, yes. <laughs> it's relative to that. We finally got around to watching Predator. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. Yeah, it's been a while. I can I can effort that, but like, yeah, like it's it's been it's been some time. But like, you know, it's, the franchise is not uh, not that old. Uh, no. So yeah, I mean, look at eighty seven. I was making that up, but like, yeah, that's pretty much when when it came out. Uh, yeah, and there's been a lot of them now. Yes, we we did E.T. and Predator. Oh my God, a lot longer than I, than I thought. It was 2015. Yeah, I'm just gonna say I th- <laughs> it I, wasn't I, recently. No, I thought all right, yeah. So it was before that even I had children at that point. All right, so not that recent, but again, relative to when the actual movie came out. We've been doing this a long time. Three decades <laughs> later. Yeah. Um. And I didn't see any other Predator movies, so I don't know, you know, what they're all about. I know what they're about, but I never watched them. I I don't know of anybody who would say, oh, well, the next one was, like, Predator 2 was actually better than Predator. It's like, it, if it isn't like The Godfather or Aliens, where they t- try to talk about the merits of the sequel, they just kind of like, yeah, no, they made a bunch of those. No, I, I think it was one of those, it's the opposite, where, like, the other ones came out, and it just you had a more of appreciation for the first one after that, when yeah. you realized how good Predator really is. You know, because the other ones struggled to justify their existence of watching an alien run around killing things just just because it can. Yeah, you know, the first one I I think was really like one of those lightning in a bottle type. You get just enough about what's going on to to make it interesting, but like you know, you don't want to know anymore because then it kind of ruins it. So, um, they that's why I think they went back in time for this one. This one is very different. Yes, and I think they were trying to so like the the original one it was one of those sort of like hairpin movies where like it starts off you think it's one thing. We're like, okay, so it's a bunch of elite commandos going into like Central America, and you know they. You think the movie is about one thing. And it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and his like, you know, like the beginning of that shoot 'em up kind of thing that he embodied for ages. And um, this is post Terminator, right? Like he's he was that that was his breakout. Really, was Terminator. Yeah, I think so. And then, like, anytime you needed somebody large enough to be able to hold one of these machine guns and have it look plausible, that this is who you called. And so they they start off by you know some kind of a weird CIA mission in Central America, and um, you know, there's all this this is sort of like slightly off stuff happening where people are reporting like weird things going on in the jungle, but like. The plot is hyper focused on on what's going on, you know, with like the contras or whatever the hell it's supposed to be, and then all of a sudden it just the whole movie changes and it becomes a horror film, you know, and not like a really gory one where it's like 
full of jump scares and like there are jump scares but it's not like it's it's like I love a good sneaky horror film and we like you don't expect it to be a horror film or function like one and then all of a sudden it sort of is it's just it's not really working where you expected it to be but that it that isn't bad and that's kind of what what predator was it was just like it's just you know we're gonna, we're going to change the genre on you completely halfway through the movie and it becomes very interesting and it's not very deep but it doesn't need to be because it's just terrifying yeah i mean it wasn't it wasn't deep but the the premise sustains it enough like the pre sequels and this one is you know doesn't hold up in terms of like i don't know what a predator even is you know like we all now know what the predator is and what the deal is, but like, and then when you watch the original one and let's just say, you know, it's the eighties and you don't know anything about this, you don't even know what the thing looks like. That's what makes it scary. You know? So you have this thing that's hunting these men who are the top, the cream of the crop in terms of like what the U S can produce in terms of physical strength and technology and stuff. And they're getting picked off one by one by this weird alien thing that you don't even know what it is or why it's doing it. So, you know, that's what makes it really scary until eventually there's only one guy left and you realize he only has to use his wits like down to like, you know, the primal urges of a man in a jungle, you know, he's using like ancient type of traps and he's using tricks to conceal his body heat and stuff. And you're like, wow, this this really escalated. This got really out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he never even gets an explanation as to what it is. You know, like he gets the mask off the thing and it's like a creepy freaking alien. And he's like, I don't even know what this thing is that's trying to hunt me. And then it kills itself rather than, it, you know, like it, it admits defeat and kills itself and trying to get him at the same time. Oh, yeah. I forgot how that ended. Yeah. yeah like it... it it plays back the laugh track of one of his men as a laugh. It blows itself up and then he gets rescued in a helicopter. He's the only survivor. Spoiler alert. So like, (laughs) that's not a premise you can repeat. You know, it's like the matrix. Like once you know what the matrix is, you know, what do you do? So all the sequels are always just trying to like, Make the predators bigger, you know, make more of them, uh, make them more violent. You know, I, I was one of those things where like, I wish they hadn't kept making sequels because they're not any better and they kind of take away from the first one. Um, what did you think of this one? I loved this movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. Wasn't it? <laughs> like, Podcast over. All right. See yeah, you. All right. Everyone enjoyed it. Go watch this movie. It's great. Um, yeah, no, I really, really liked it, and I'm, and I got it. it There's so many good things about it, and I will say that, like, I, I at points I was like, this is kind of tense, and I'm a little uncomfortable. It really is a masterclass in building tension, and like, you know, who's that? Like, who's gonna die? It's not a surprise who who dies and who lives, but it's still like, maybe he doesn't get his head cut off. <laughs> Oh, okay. No, he gets destroyed by a laser net. Oh, okay. okay. So he's that's way worse than I thought. All right. Wow. All right. It just and so and I'm I'm pretty squeamish, and so there were points I was like, all right, I'm not gonna fast forward this, and then I fast forwarded it. Um, (laughs) just like a a couple of seconds, like okay, she doesn't get that happened. All right, fine. Um, but this movie was great. It has, it's really well structured. It's really well. The cinematography is fantastic. The just the different you know shots. I thought everything was in frame. It wasn't too shaky, but it was shaky enough that like you kind of felt unsettled by it. I love a good top down. You know they they use drones in here. I think pretty well. Like drones are becoming a very popular thing to use, and as we saw in in the Gray Man, and we didn't talk about it in the Gray Man at all. The way in which that uh, the the Russo brothers are using drone shots now to set scenes like you know rather than having like various static or sweeping crane or helicopter shots these fast-paced drone shots that swoop in and give you the lay of the land and give you you know characters and a sense of perspective um you know 
this used drones, I'm sure, because helicopters, by the way, are expensive. And so it's easier. Let's just put this thing, you know, put the camera up there. And then they, but they didn't really move it a lot. Like, I like that it, they, they took advantage of the point of view that that drone will give you. But they didn't fly it around like it was, you know, a big deal. It was just. Yeah, I think that was what the thing with the Gray Man was. Those, those drone shots were like swooping a lot, like going through, uh, you know, alleyways and hovering right above the ground. And they were distracting. Yeah, it was as short as they were. So I was like, it's kind of weird. It's too much information delivered at one time too quickly. And so this was just about like, how can we get something up there that's, you know, doesn't weigh 10,000 pounds and costs our insurance a billion dollars? Like, it's just yeah. much easier to work with with a drone. But I thought everybody in it was great. You know, people were kind of giving it a hard time. Like, oh, it's a little, a little heavy handed with the whole like, gender equality thing i'm like okay but not really out of character for what we're talking about like we're talking about the plains indians the comanche in you know the 1600s i'm not going to say they had the most sort of modern enlightened views on gender equality (laughs) so like i can kind of forgive the the chauvinism in this movie it does not it's not it's not overhanded at all i thought it was pretty I mean, it was unique. Your main character is 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 female, and she wants to be a hunter like like all the boys. And they're like, "That's you know, you can't." But like that that's in like every Disney movie. It's not like they were stretching with that concept. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's I was just saying, it's just it it it's a it's a tight. What is a hundred minutes? Like, there's nothing. I mean. I, I, I don't think I have anything negative really to say. I, I was really kind of going, like, what didn't I like? And, like, it's not my favorite movie of all time because this is not my genre. And, you know, but, like, I can't think of a thing where I was like, well, that was dumb or stupid. Or, like, I'll never, like, I really enjoyed the scene when she, when she finds the bear. And she's standing there or she's sitting there. She's watching the bear do whatever. And then the next thing you know, you see the wind come. And I thought to myself, oh, shit. And then the next thing you know, the whole thing goes bananas. And I thought, like, my God, that's really great. Because guys like me who know just a little bit about the world know if you've, the wind comes at you from your back and you're in the wilderness, the animal will smell you and it will try and eat you. You know, but even if you don't know that, you don't have to say, huh, that's unfortunate. I'm now downwind of the animal that might kill me. It doesn't talk down to its audience at any point. It doesn't, you know, assume that you have to have things explained to you, be it about predator or about what it's like to track animals in the wilderness. Like, it just doesn't, it respects its audience a great deal in that regard. And, I don't know. I thought, you know, there's a couple of times towards the end when they're getting into all like the nitty gritty of how to fight the creature that they kind of, she, you know, even the big thing at the end, spoiler alert, when she realizes that like, if I chew on this flower, it'll lower my body temperature and it won't be able to see me. Like, that's not explicit. It's just, you know, it's, it's the classic example of showing and not telling. And whenever I see that, I have to point it out. And I kind of remember thinking about a friend of mine in college who got him. Uh, I think he did. Uh, he, there, were, there, you did this too. We went. We all went to the same college. There wasn't a major in creative writing, but you could create one if you wanted to. And so my friend Scott created his his creative writing major with a focus on creating uh, screenplays on film. And I remember him talking in his big senior presentation about writing his, you know, senior project, which, which was a screenplay, and how he always had the show not tell thing going on in his head. I'm like, whenever I think of, whenever I see that done well, I think of Scott, and I think of the fact that like he was 22, he was a kid, and when, when and that's when I first heard that expression, show and not tell. Like these are not things you you know people shouldn't. No, like you have to, if you're a screenwriter, you have to know how to do this. And 
I'm still like it's it's unfortunate that I'm impressed whenever I see it because it should be just second nature for somebody writing a screenplay, and it's not. It comes up and it's surprising and whatever we saw recently that that we didn't like. I think it was Gray Man where they just talked their way through everything, and like no, nobody had had any chance to demonstrate any ability or you know decision making process. It was just chatty, 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 and then that was that. And this didn't do that. And that's the primary reason why it was fantastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was uh, really well shot. I mean, you can never go wrong showing, you know, the plains and the forests and things like that. Um, but the animals didn't look real. But uh... it, <laughs> it didn't bother me. Like, I didn't care. Like, I was like, oh, that's a fake lion. Okay. Like, whatever. It didn't bother me because they were still scary. Like, the tension was still there. Um, it wasn't distracting. It was like, it was one of the things, like, you, you, I mean, for me, I was like, I don't really know what a, you know, mountain lion looks like when it's pissed off. When it's quiet, I've been to the zoo. It's just laying there. It doesn't do anything. Like, I, you know, but we can get, we, we, that, that's something we, that we should revisit later. But yeah, I, I, I see your point. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you didn't care because so much of it was still tense. Like you weren't paying attention too much. It's like, oh, a fake lion. And then I was more worried for her trying to kill it or, you know, her poor friend who got eaten by it and things like that. You know, like there was a lot of tension in scenes and enough visual information going on that you were just paying attention to that more than more than anything. Like you're right, like suddenly the wind goes and the bear can smell her and then it becomes, can she string her bow fast enough? And what what's her dog going to do in the situation? So you're, you're busy paying attention that you're not really focusing on the bad CGI and things like that, which is good. Um, I thought the predator was really well done. Yeah. You know, because even in the eighties, they've established that, the thing is technologically advanced. It's on a spaceship <laughs> and it has all kinds of crazy weapons and it can go invisible and all this stuff. So they were like, oh, we're going to do a predator. It's set in the 1700s. It's going to fight a bunch of Indians. And I'm like, well, they won't stand a chance, right? <laughs> I mean, they, they don't have a prayer of defeating a predator, for God's <laughs> sakes. Like that's just that's just not fair. I mean, to be fair, Schwarzenegger didn't really defeat the predator either. Well, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, <laughs> you know, those guys barely, you know, one guy got out. The rest of them couldn't couldn't hold a candle. They got their arms blown off and their heads disintegrated. I mean, it was really not fair. So <laughs> it's really not. No, it wasn't fair at all. You know, and I was thinking that too when he was like killing all the Frenchmen in this one. I was like, well, this really isn't right. They've got like flintlock muskets, <laughs> muskets. It wasn't good. So my whole my whole thought was like, well, how the hell is it? Are these Indians supposed to take down a predator for God's sakes? But um, and it is technical technologically advanced. But they do give it like they they show you these scenes where the predator fights you know bigger and bigger creatures each time first it fights a snake then a wolf then a bear and it always wins but it's not easy for the predator to do like it has trouble at some points like when he fights the bear you're seeing it from her point of view and it's from her perspective where like the predator is still getting like beat up a little bit you know yeah. so like it, it's difficult for the predator to do that um so that when they end up trying to fight it and take it down, it's it, it's almost like it's like a little prequel for the predator itself, you know. Like it has technologically advanced weaponry, but not so much. And then you get the sense that it like is trying to make it harder for itself. Like it's like challenging itself to sort of like take them down without using every single thing it has. They, they did a good job with that, I think. And the predator is just a naturally scary monster you know like in, if we were going to do like a top 10 movie monsters thing you know the predator's on the list oh it's, 100%. It's, a fright, it's a frightening creature um because it's so alien looking you know yeah it's it's really well designed like i don't know yeah. who, who who did the primary design on it 
but it's it really walks that line between this is weird and you know identifiably alien to begin with and also functions in a way in which human beings function it's got two legs and two arms and five fingers on each hand and like there's you know and it's also very lean too if it, like this is this is a guy this is a person in in, in like a headdress it's not a cgi character which yeah, is really helpful yeah, it's yeah. A, and it's not even a suit it's just like it's it's a thin suit it isn't like a big bulky thing it's basically a like a lean bipedal humanoid it's not anything too too complex but the head like you don't really know where its eyes are kind of a thing which i think is what makes it ultimately the most terrifying it's like you kind of have an idea of where its mouth begins and ends and what it's kind of got hair but like you, the eyes are basically difficult to locate when you look at it and that sort of makes it i think the most terrifying the, the fact that the mouth is most of the head mm-hmm. and the and the eyes are sort of small and then not you know it's you know like cause if you if you could look at a creature's eyes you know, there there's something very important to, to human beings about eyes, and if the character doesn't have one, I, it's one of the reasons that one of the things that makes the the creature in Stranger Things, especially the first season when it was like a really good show, and not like all the other ones when it was crap, but like that first that that creature doesn't have eyes. Its entire head is a mouth. It opens up like a flower, and it's a mouth, and it's really really well. Uh, a well designed as like a terror creature because yeah. it's horrifying. Well, and it also doesn't make doesn't make sound. It makes clicks. Yeah, you know. I mean, I can't. You can't understand a click. So, then, like, to be fair, there are human languages that 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 do use clicks to uh, communicate, but they're very, very few and far between. There's only a uh, yeah, and, and yeah. to try to learn a language like that would be very, very hard. So yeah, you know, it, it, it's it, alien without being inhuman. Right, you know. Um, so I thought they did a really good job with that. It was believable that this thing could overpower them, but also like, if there was enough of them, somehow they could probably get it done. And she was clever enough too. Yeah, she has to sort of you know use her wits to sort of take it down because she's not an overly powered Schwarzenegger type. She's a young girl, and she she has difficulty even with like men just like regular people you know it's hard for her so yeah i i didn't see the movie um oh what i can't think of the name but the charlie theron action spy movie the hell was it called now is that where she's a, she's like a super spy like a bond type character yeah i can't oh it's gonna oh uh, atomic blonde that's what it was Oh yeah, no one yeah. saw that. <laughs> yeah, no one did, and apparently it wasn't bad. It just wasn't well marketed, and and it wasn't that great. But one of the things I heard people say about it was that it was interesting the way that they filmed the fight scenes in that movie, and same thing with like um, the recent Mission Impossible movies. With um, again, I can't think of the like. I can see your face clear as day. Um, but the British chick in all the bot, all the um, um all the MI movies like uh, five and six and seven Ilsa whatever her name is Ilsa Faust is the character's name um, she's a slight you know waifish Swedish lady and like she's supposed to be able to take down certain guys and that's not believable because she's just so small but the way that they film fight scenes with her it's she she has to fight a different way in order to be successful. So it's like, it's about, it's about leverage and using like jumping things and grabbing guys over like around their, their necks with her, with her thighs. And, you know, it's a different kind of fighting choreography for her, which is good because if you just show, Oh, well, she's the good guy lady in the movie. Therefore she can punch like a regular man. And it's not a, no, it doesn't work like that. You have to, you know, change how you fight in order to be, successful when you're physically a lot smaller than somebody else and so they did that here too which i thought was really good yeah i was thinking actually of um enola holmes which i know you didn't like i didn't but 
but it reminded I, me. Of, I wasn't fair on that film. I'll, I'll, I'll give that one. No, you weren't. But <laughs> um, it reminded me of that because she was also like, you know, you, you saw montages of her training and using weapons and everything. And yet she's like a 15 year old kid and she gets her butt kicked most of the movie, except when she's using her wits or running away or using the environment. So like that, that's what you have to do when you're at a disadvantage. And that was what um, she has to do in this film, you know. I mean, she takes the predator down at the end um, using tricks and things like that. So, which, which are properly set up throughout the movie. Yes. You know, like you see her training with the tomahawk. You see her in the bog that, that like full of quicksand that brings her down and things like that. So, quicksand, like legitimate quicksand. That was great. Yeah. yeah. I always thought that would be a bigger deal when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything you didn't like about Predator Prey? Yeah, I I don't I don't think there was a, a a lot extraneous, which is generally the stuff I don't like about movies when the bulk of it is enjoyable. Like, oh, this could have done without this, could have done without that. Like, I I I, I kind of struggled to find something that was sort of useless, and it's. I mean, can you think of a thing that was introduced in 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 the story that wasn't paid off at the end? No, I mean the movie wasn't long enough for that. Well, right, but it also was just well constructed. It was it was lean, yeah, but it was also like it uses everything, you know, even the jam trousers. It just forgot <laughs> <laughs> my jam trousers. Like there's nothing in it. The the let's swim away, shall we? <laughs> It's an old joke, everybody. I'm sorry. Very old joke. But um, you know the the trap the dog finds itself in in the beginning, the cigar she finds at the buffalo, like all of these things, is it just there's nothing, there's nothing lying on the on the cutting room floor. Like ah, you know, we didn't really need that. Like no, you needed everything that was here. It wouldn't have made sense if you had omitted things in the beginning and. There wasn't. There was no bloat to make you feel like oh, this really has to end. Like even when things sort of shifted, like when you realize that oh my god, there's an entire like you know little contingent of French fur trappers who are hunting this thing. Like the movie kind of takes a turn there. We're like oh, this is not just about her fighting this thing, and like the action will pause for a while, which is sort of necessary. Like they. They 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 needed to have I mean, it needed to be longer I think at, at some points because you could have just had it at, at certain points you could have ended it like okay we're gonna have the the big fight here but no you needed her to interact with all the French guys in order for all the stuff that she uses to kill the predator to work she has to learn how to use the gun she has to you know learn how to um you know, her brother has to get tortured by that guy for her to get angry enough to cut that guy's leg off. And then use him as bait. I mean, like everything, you know, was necessary. There was no fat on this thing at all. So to say that there was a thing I didn't like, I'm like, you either like the movie or you don't. If you don't like it, then you don't like it. That's if it's not your cup of tea, that's fine. But you can't say anything about it was like. I mean, in my opinion, there's there's nothing I could say that was like you know not necessary or not well executed so i mean even the acting the girl who played the main character whose name i don't know because i just didn't memorize it um she was great she wasn't overdoing it she was underdoing it she was she was phenomenal so did you have a thing you didn't like yeah i i thought her character was not great only because i think that um the way she's characterized is not great. She's not given a whole lot. We don't we don't get a whole lot about like where she lives, what the people she's living with are like. You know, you get the sense that you have to fill it in a lot with your own backstory. So it's like, okay, here's all the women in the tribe and they're doing like the hunter the hunter gatherer type thing. The women are doing the things that women traditionally do in 1700s America. And she wants to be a hunter like her brother and his friends because their their father is gone. And like 
she's not perfect at it. Like her brother is much better, but she's no slouch. So she just wants to be taken seriously that way. And like, okay, fine. That, that, that's a goal, I suppose, you know, but I don't know much about like the group. She's like, nobody seems to care that she wants to do this. They kind of like, you know, laugh her off, but they recognize that she's not just some like helpless waif. They just don't take her seriously. So her whole thing in the whole movie is I need to prove to everyone that I can do this. And then she does. And then it's over. Well, she's not a Mary Sue, which I really no. appreciate because there was, it very easily could have been like, she's got abilities that don't make any sense. And they sold her on like, you know, she's got so many skills, not just, not just that she's not supposed to be a hunter, but she's very, you know, she's very learned with the medicines that they use. And she has, like, they all recognize she has value as a member of their community. And you're right. They 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 kind of don't, the women of the tribe don't really know what to do with her. They don't shun her because she's got skills that are useful. And her mother seems to be someone important. Um, but they also, they don't accept her. Like, she kind of, like, Decides I'm 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 gonna go find this thing and they all go one direction to you know right. gather she goes in the roots other. and then she goes in the other and it's very kind of they're all looking at her they don't say very much but they don't they don't have to they just kind of look at her and they go yeah but all right there she goes again doing her thing and the one woman like with the baby on her back and that's not my that's not my issue though to have really good characters that are usually well-developed is you need to have characters that want something, you know, they have desires and things. They need to have something wrong with them that they don't, usually they don't know what the problem is. They have, their wants are usually different from their needs, you know, and then they have to change and go through something to achieve those needs. You know, they might not get what they want, but they get what they need at the end. That's what makes it think that's the character's journey. That's their arc. She doesn't have one of those. Yeah, that's true. She's, she's, sketched very thin so it's like i want to prove to the men that i can hunt why because i'm good at it and i want to do it okay and then at the end she proves that <laughs> but she never it's not like she doubts herself you know we're like where's the moment where like she screws something up so bad that she thinks maybe i shouldn't be doing this maybe i should do what my mother does and, and let my brother handle it and stuff like that like from minute one, it's like, I'm good at this and I'm going to show you all that I'm good at it. And then she shows up at the end and throws the predator's head on the ground and they make her the chief. I'm like, oh, she did it. Like, okay. You know, it's, it wasn't like the worst thing ever where I was like, yeah, she sucks. She's, you know, fighting the patriarchy. Like that wasn't in there. No. But there also wasn't a whole hell of a lot either. So like you're just watching this one girl do this thing and i'm like yeah no. it's a predator movie so it doesn't have to be it's not citizen game but at the same time i'm like yeah it's fine i guess and i, yeah. I also i and maybe it's me because i've only really ever met native american indians in movies and they tend to have a certain way about them the way they speak and the way they're portrayed but when all the native american actors were were speaking to each other they were talking in like mall lingo. Like they were all so casual and relaxed speaking English. It was charring as hell, especially when you would like look at the French guys and they were all speaking in French. I'm and not sure were, I follow you. Like, so like, I don't even know. I don't know if it was like they're acting, but when they would all sit and like the, when they would talk to her and they would be like, Oh, Hey, found this thing. Huh? Good for you. Well, that's what a woman's for. Blah, blah, blah. Like they were so like loose and relaxed that I was like, you have this, you have this image of the stereotype of like the stoic Indian. They speak haltingly. They're oh. out on the plains. They're hunting their, their hushed tones. But when they were talking to each other, like that's not how they spoke. They spoke just like anybody, and I was like, oh, "That's a little weird." Uh, I I think that's a product of the fact that like we've generally been exposed to characters like this, both in 
sort of insensitive, you know, you know, Tonto type <laughs> styles, but also in like movies where they're where they they are treated seriously, you know, there's language they're portrayed as English being their second language. They've learned it. I I should and, say yes. They because I mean, they still do speak in uh, their native language. Yeah, I should I should say that it. More accurate to say, they speak like they're twenty-first century uh, people. They don't come across like they live in that time period. The Frenchmen do. Well, we, well, we assume because they don't really know what they're. We don't really know what they're saying. And when they're speaking no. in English, they're really speaking in. I believe it's Comanche. Although Comanche isn't a language, but like they're speaking the language of the Indians, and so like they, if they sound awkward, it's because it's not their first language. So it's possible that if we had heard the French people speaking in English, but it was supposed to be French, they might have sounded a bit more sort of 21st century than they did. As it was, they, you know, they were speaking mostly in French if you, you know, because like this is all told through, through, through her perspective, so you hear what she hears. Um, Though I do see your point, it, at, at some at, at points it seems so kind of relaxed and modern that yeah, it seems modern. To it me. seems out of time with the rest of the movie. But I actually attribute that to the fact that you know, and this was handled really well too. Like I'm a big fan of that whole scene in the Unforever October where like everyone's speaking Russian until that one like tight shot on the guy's lips as he's reading from the uh, the Hindu text in the end of the world and I am become death and they translate that from we're going from English from from, sorry, from Russian to English but really we're still speaking Russian but for you the audience who is American we're going to be speaking this and then when Jack Ryan shows up on the boat later they all speak speak Russian again so it's all about from whom you know from whose point of view the story is being told um so yeah, I I can kind of see that, but it wasn't so. <laughs> I was thinking about that stupid movie on Disney Plus, the Raya and the Last Dragon. Like, I'm kind of a dragon nerd, and we're like, oh, well, no, whoa, that, they weren't using like lingo from nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that was really so that was like the awful. Like, the full Merlin was what that was. Yeah, you know, you never go for Mer- full Merlin. <laughs> no. And so, like, this was sort of teetering on that, but I think that was necessary. I, I don't think it was it was noticeable to me, but not distracting. Like, I definitely went, like, they're kind of joking with each other and casual. And I think that is emphasized a little bit by the fact that the brother does not have the same misogynistic attitudes towards his sister as the rest of the tribe does. He respects her, even if, you know, he has that moment with her when he says, like, you couldn't do it and I did. I'm still the better hunter than you know. I'm better than you, um, and uh, you know, like that's almost an enlightened point of view for somebody in his position. And so that coupled with the fact that they they do speak very casually and very, you know, brother sister type. That you know, yeah, it, it, it it's it's not unnoticed, but it's not necessarily to me distracting. Yeah. Well, and I think. Like his character and then like pulling that back helped because if it had been that kind of thing where it's like she she was better than everybody and she's trying to show that, you know, women can be just as, you know, capable as men and blah, blah, blah. Like it, it wasn't hitting you over the head at all. It wasn't even trying. And I was like, I really appreciate this, <laughs> you know, because it can really ruin a person's day when the message, whatever that message may be is trumping the logic of your story. You know, you're already having a hard time watching these guys get butchered to death by this alien. So if she was, you know, throwing girl power in your face, not only would it be annoying to be preached to, but it would also be like, well, that just doesn't make any sense. I just saw that guy get literally eviscerated by, by this space alien, you know? Yeah. I, I did appreciate also how, the the gore was really well done 
I'm not a big gore fan. I take these things very much to heart. And whenever I watch someone have their eyeballs ripped out of their heads, like I can't, I can't watch that. It's just unpleasant. It's not any fun. And so this was really, you know, like they gave you just enough to make it legitimately scary. Like it's on, it's not always pleasant, and it shouldn't always be pleasant. This is, you know, this is it's a serious story with very dire consequences. But whenever something like you knew was going to happen, they pulled away. And they said, like, here's a guy going to get his head chopped off. You know it. I know it. We don't have to show it to you. We're just <laughs> Look, we all know what this movie is <laughs> called, okay? <laughs> like, we get it. We've all been there. And, like, the times that where it was important for it to come out of nowhere and, like, the time that the, that the guy, like, the real chauvinistic guy had to get shot three times with the metal arrows, one of it straight through his freaking eyeball. Like, yeah, that and, was rough. And the thing is, I can look at that. Like, I'm not bothered by that. Hey, look at you. <laughs> and it's not, well, I'm not growing as a, uh, you know, as a horror film watcher, but, like, if if I can see, like, you're only going to do this, if I trust the filmmaker to go, you're only going to do this once or twice, you know, and it's only going to be really bad, and it kind of has a purpose, and it's not just for the sake of itself. Like when the guy has his leg cut off, and he's like, "I need your help. My leg is cut off," and she, like you could see the bone sticking out. Like, but the I worst can look was when at the, the rats were gnawing on that other guy's oh, the leg. Other guy, yeah, I, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, that was bad, man. But like again, like it. If it's without purpose, I just turn away. I can't, I because then that's all I focus on is what the image is, and not what it means for what's happening. But if I know that, like, okay, this guy is like this, and it's gonna, it's it's gonna do, it's gonna, I, like, as I'm seeing the information of the scene unfold, she learns how to manipulate the gun from that guy, the first guy with his leg cut off. And she learns the fact that, like, she gives him the medicine that lower the body temperature, and the predator ignores her. And she gets so she gets two valuable pieces of information from this guy. So it doesn't matter to me what happens to him. It's like because it's it's all in service of something related to the story. You know, when at the end of the movie Hannibal, when he when Ray Liotta's brain is like removed from his head and cooked in front of him i go out in the in the in the alleyway of the theater and throw up like I, there was no point to that yeah and so that's... all i can think about is how gross and upsetting that is and it makes me physically ill at times and i can't yeah and i mean that scene where he kills all of those french guys in like the burned up part of the forest is is horrifically violent and i was sitting there just like you know, I, this is what we're all here for, right? Like to watch these <laughs> disgusting, dirty frog eaters get, get it. You know? Frog eater. <laughs> what a dust off that old chest. <laughs> uh, you know, we're just trying to be historically accurate. Um, but there was a reason for it. It's like, so some of it was callbacks to old predator movies where it was like using certain technology that other predators had later on. But some of it was where you would see that he was going to use it against her later in their fight. Yeah. You know, like it had a shield and the shield could cut heads off and things like that. And it, it had the targeting arrows that the mask was important. It needs to be wearing its mask and things like that. Like the, the camouflage technology it had could be damaged because they, they made a big deal, the French guys, that like they hit it in certain spots and then the camo wore off. And it's using its armband to like, you know, hit the buttons to get the camo to work and it can't. So like, it, it was not gratuitous. It was it was lengthy. Yeah. But it all came back around later. And, you know, that's important. If you're, if you're making a 90-minute action movie, you need that stuff in there because you, your brain is registering that stuff even if you're, if you're not paying attention. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it was well done. The action scenes were well done. Everything is just, yeah, all that yeah. stuff was great. Do you think this movie benefits from the fact, <clears throat> excuse me, that the um, the sequels, and this is still a sequel, even though it like chronologically takes place 
you know, before the first movie. But do you think this movie benefits from the other ones just being hot garbage for the most part? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Expectations were pretty low. Lowers the bar. But, I mean, is, I, I wonder, too, if, like, not only is it, is is that part of it as, like, the audience is just like, oh, this is not that interesting and or this this can't be that good. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, we're we're going to take this into a whole new direction because they've been going in one direction for so long. We're going to bring in the alien. We're going to do this, this, you know, like, I, I didn't watch these movies, but, like, they didn't move backwards in time at all. And that was part of the thing in the first movie was that they said like, this is like a myth of this part of the world. And like this thing comes down and, and there was even a reference in the beginning of this movie when she says like, I saw the sign, I saw like the sky thunder or whatever she said, like, and the brother says to her, you really want to hunt something that's hunting you at the same time. So it's like, they knew this thing was out there. Like it was not, like it was, it was a myth in their own culture as well. Every, every so often, every hundred years or so, this thing shows up, and you know, I don't, I don't know if you caught that, or if I, or if I was crazy, but um, well, I mean, prequels are always tough. It, it, it's not really a prequel in terms of like continuing the story at all, because the story is of a predator is pretty bare bones to begin with, yeah. you know. It, it's basically the first movie in a different setting. Um, Essentially, yes. Yeah. You know, which is which is fine because the more they explain about predators, the dumber they would get. You know, you're like, oh, really? That's what they're doing? They're hunting aliens and this and that? And like, oh, okay. So I, I think those movies were bad. And so having this one kind of go back to basics is would help. And the, the predator itself is a bit more primitive than it usually would be. So you're like, okay, it's slightly more, you know, realistic and things like that in terms of like what you're expecting. But yeah, I, I wonder if like in the other movies they had to like make the predator give it extra powers or equipment and things like that because I don't know, like you want to see new stuff, but you don't have to do new stuff really here. It's like that that isn't the point, but also like if the people that he's fighting are all, you know, using primitive weapons, then yeah, he's 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 gonna he's gonna o- o- overpower them to begin with, you know. Right. I mean, the way he beats it the first time is using primitive weapons, so it kind of makes sense that she'd be able to take it down eventually. But I don't know. Yeah, I think I think the low expectations was. I mean, I, I, that's why they put it on Hulu. I mean, would, yeah. would it be a big movie if it was in theaters? I think word of mouth really helped. Word of mouth helped. Word of mouth's all that really helps these days. Like, I don't think anything else is really moving anything right now. And, like, we're in a weird, like, this is August, so nothing really comes out in August. And nothing really comes out, you know, with any seriousness until, like, late October. Yeah, but, and, you know, word of mouth really has to make an impact. Because now your options are so many. Yeah, you know, like people are always telling me, "Oh, you're gonna watch this," and like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> unless unless 50 people tell me I need to watch it, and even then, I don't know. <laughs> so, like, you know, to to get people to sit down and watch a, a prequel to a movie that came out in the 80s because it was good, and like, if I say like, "Yeah, it was good," that doesn't mean anything anymore. You've like, you really got to tell people like, "This is one of the better movies I've seen in a while, way better than I thought it was gonna be." So you should give it a shot. I'm like, oh, he hates everything, so it must be good. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, we we don't like a damn thing. So uh, yeah, like that's really important now. So it, it, I think that really helped because even I was like, I don't want to see that, and it got good reviews on you know Rotten Tomatoes and everything. And even then, I'm like, yeah, but you know that doesn't really mean a whole lot. Booksmart got Booksmart got great reviews. Whoa. Yeah, well, it's like 86% of all film reviewers used to be the girls in Booksmart. And so they were like, I identify yeah. with this film so much. I'm like... Yeah, I'm still carrying a grudge against that one. Oh, man, that movie is just... I, I don't like the woman in that movie. What's her name? The 
Jonah Hill's sister, whose name I can't think of, because she kept her name and she has like a very Jewish last name. Yeah, they were. Yeah. She was in Funny Girl on Broadway recently. She was. She was. Until she got <laughs> fired. Yeah. Oh. You're fired. Like, yeah, they kicked her out and they hired, like, uh, they hired Leah Michelle to take the role over. And for those of you who don't know, Leah Michelle was like the star of Glee, like 15 oh, yeah, years right. ago. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, and also like Spring Awakening. And she had a, she had a Broadway career of Rome, but she's like very skinny, pretty. Like, I think the thing about Funny Girl, not that I've seen the original movie, was like, the fa- it's that that she's not a standardly uh, standard, standardly a standard attractive woman. You know, she's Barbara Streisand. She looks like a lot of you know girls from Scarsdale look like. She has a big nose. She's a Jewish girl. Um, mm-hmm. and Jonah Hill's sister, who I guess like I think of, is you know she's overweight, and that's fine. And you know, she, you know, that doesn't mean you can't be talented. It may might make you very good for that role in Funny Girl. But to be recast for the skinny girl who everyone thought was really hot, it's like, this is ironic, isn't it? It's on the news, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, Leah Michelle is Jewish and she has a big nose. But she's still (laughs) fair sight more attractive than the other girl. Uh, Yeah. Kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. But she she wasn't very good in that role. Like, you just really did not. (laughs) Guess not. <laughs> Did not suit her. People, well, people weren't paying to go see it. Money talks. Uh, yeah. And so, so, but go yeah, see I mean, Prey because it's, it's great. Yeah, it was good. It was it, it, watch Predator and then watch Prey. I say watch Predator, watch Predator Two, or yeah, Predator like, versus Alien, or and then watch this because then you're really gonna go. You see, this is better. <laughs> We made an improvement. Uh, I mean, I mean, it is basically the same movie over again, but sometimes that's okay. Yeah, you know, and and I think sometimes that's like, you know, people give crap to Marvel movies and superhero movies that like they always have these fight scenes and everything. This kind of movie needs that sort of stuff. If you'd taken out these scenes with the Predator killing all these people, I would have been bored out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, you got to leave that stuff in. That's what you're paying to see. So, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. See this? It was good. It was good. Um, and if you did see it and you want to tell us what you thought of it, you can do so on uh, Twitter or Instagram. We are at Three Drinks and Pod on both. Uh, you can send us an email at Three Drinks and Podcast at gmail dot com. You can leave us a Facebook post, and if you want to leave us a five star rating and a review, we'd appreciate those things as well. Uh, don't forget to check out the Three Drinks in Podcast merchandise store over at tpublic.com. And I believe that's it, yes? Yeah, that's it. All right, as always, please drink responsibly, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.